Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman. And I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears. We've brought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. Welcome to the latest episode of New Tricks. This week, Emily and I are joined by Steve Lowry, CEO, Anglo Educational Services and the Residence Department and Top 50 Sector Influencer to talk about where hotels sit in the wider hospitality community, how to make them attractive to students and why, when all this is over, we're all going to travel like Anthony Bourdain. And welcome to episode 17. We're on 17, everybody, uh, of New Tricks, which is the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. Um, This week, we have joining us Steve Lowey, who is the CEO of Anglo Educational Services and the Residence Apartments and and just generally lovely guy. And an influencer. (laughs) Influencer. (laughs) Thank you very much uh, for inviting me. And yeah. uh... A top 50 global influencer. Yeah, I I have a friend who... uh, is a, uh, a travel blogger, and uh, I joked to him once in a pub, maybe she get a real job. So I got uh, I got <laughs> a, a very nice message, as you can imagine, from him. Uh, Full so, of yeah. sincerity yes. and praying and all that good stuff. But yeah, I am booked into Botox, waxing my eyebrows, and uh, learning how to use filters better. Uh, yes. Are you going to do that thing where you paint on cheekbones? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, do it's been a long 18 months. Contouring. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I might need Kardashian level contouring to be able to to do it after 18 months of uh, lockdown. So. <laughs> it just look like this. <laughs> just one giant cheekbone. I'm yeah. just one giant cheekbone. Just take all the free stuff, though. Obviously. Yeah. If, if yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> see what happens <laughs> with that. So yeah. Okay, and on to um, Paris. How is Paris? Tell us all about Paris. How are you, Catherine? I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, Paris is sunny today. We still don't have any milk in the M&S. I think we've just given up now with milk. And there's been a a slow creep of French things onto the shelves where I guess whoever is franchising my local M&S is going, you know what, I'm sick of having nothing to sell. So here are some French eggs. Shh, don't mention the French eggs. And yes, so that's that's the way that's gone. Uh, we are opening our restaurant terraces on the 19th. So everyone's been sweeping the streets. Thank you very much. Uh, though, unfortunately, some kind of variant is ripping through the schools. The school is now closed till mm. the 17th. Just sad very, times. Very sad for us. Mm. Uh, but there we are. But we're about to have a three-day bank holiday. So it was all much of a much, I think, because it's May. May means... And- Random bank holidays. So in, in in England, they're always on a Monday, but on in Europe, they tend to be on whichever day it is. So we have one on Saturday um, last week, which was upsetting. That <laughs> feels just, like you've been just robbed. Went, we were robbed because it just meant that things were closed because so we were both robbed and starved. <laughs> which was rubbish. Um, but we did all have it. It was a it was the workers' day, obviously, but we did have lots of um, Lily of the Valley. Oh, which is the thing that you nice. pass around on the first, and there is a story behind that, and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we're doing here. 
very good i would offer to send as i've as i've done frequently food parcels but they will just be sat on a motorway they will be sat on a motorway yes no one of the parents at school did an emergency order of random british stuff around about february um and it is still in dover so oh yes lots of liam perrins and stuffing marmite Marmite. yeah well you can get marmite here but it's it's the the jars are so small it's like you're looking at them from a mile away um and they're and they're about 500 pounds so we worked out how to make our own stuffing but not our own marmite yet have you finished your uh bunny shaped crumpets yet i did finish my bunny shaped crumpets and they were bigger so i ever nice were able to bring those in but it's but not staples like milk because the French border force are like, crumpets? What are these? <laughs> what, are <you> <laughs> what is this? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Just let them through. Let them through. Exactly. Exactly. I'm hoping to import some mild fajita mix in the next couple of weeks. But who knows which way that will go. <laughs> Depending on the border yes. forces. But what, I, what I can confirm is that people have started trying to move around again. People who I know. So this is all anecdotal. And this is relevant. Um, and we have discovered that having Tory donors running the testing regime is not as successful as it could be. So as of the three anecdotal people I can I can tell you about who've been doing their two and eight tests and their day five catch and release tests, uh, we have one who has now returned to France after doing a proper 10-day quarantine, still waiting on the day two tests. Uh, we have one who had a day two test, which was a false positive, um, and we know this because they are vaccinated um, and they didn't have any symptoms. I know you can't have symptoms and it can be asymptomatic. And they did the five, five test and it was clear. Um, but of course, that was negated by the, the false day two test. And they were told, despite the day five test being negative, oh, well, no, you still have to stay in and for an extra 10 days. That's a 12 day quarantine at great cost. Um, and somebody else who came back just for the weekend and never received any of their tests uh so went went wow. back uh being pursued by the police and are now un- unconvinced as to whether they can come back and what will happen to them if they do so out of three not as rigorous as you would think maybe getting people who've never done tests before to do the testing is not the solution when we open up the uh borders again or when the uk opens up the borders again we're relying on a, a system which is not at this point as far as i can tell fit for purpose mm. This doesn't bode well for business travel, which is what we need to get everything <laughs> really going, not. does it? Really, really not. not. So, I mean, we've had it. We've had um, my wife went to Sweden uh, to see her family, and when she came back, she we actually had a visit from the police to check yeah. that she was quarantining. And uh, we've had that a number a number of our students uh, who, who are with us from the states have had visits as well. So some of it's working, but yeah, I think the test it was it was difficult. We had a group of students arrive in January. Mm. And it actually worked really well. There were such low volumes of people that we got the testing. It was, and then they changed it to this two and eight, and that seems to have caused yeah issues. the uh, two and eight is, is a pickle because you do you need to. We had an, an issue with somebody who was waiting for their test, and then they were they were still here, but the tests were arriving and they had to be signed for. Yeah, and <laughs> it was like, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. they're not here, what do we do? And you know, it was just luck that a neighbour took them in. Oh la la. Yes, tricky, but yes, daily, daily phone calls, very much the case. Lots of chatting, sometimes three or four times a day, um, asking the same questions over and over again. One of them reported lots of people asking, you know, hi, what ethnicity are you? Things like that. Not as relevant as it could be, no. one suspects. Not so much. Well, the reason really. why the police turned up for my wife is, is she had so many weird phone number calls. She thought, you know, like a, a spam <laughs> calling thing. Yeah. So she just never um, answered. Uh, yes. 
<laughs> so they, yeah, it was a Saturday afternoon. I, I took great joy in the police being at the door. And they're like, is, is Mrs. Lowe? Like, yes, she is. Well, it's not for me. Yeah. And she ran out excited, hoping it was a new, something that was being delivered, but it wasn't. It was the police. She it was the police. Yeah. Uh, still, give the neighbours something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, was, this, um, was this before you you had to be in a bubble or do, you, do the police then count? Do they have to come in and be your bubble? Or was this, yeah, they, are they, they family in. members? No, they, they came in. They came in. They, they came in. We we we. I, I cooked for them in the garden. Uh, and they, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, that's a shame. It's important yeah. to get on with your local police. But let's talk about outside dining because um, you are in the. You're in the UK. You're yeah. in London. Yeah. Um, tell us how much uh, warm gin you've been drinking in the pouring rain <laughs> of late. Please. No, no. Um, I've I've been out where possible. It's it's been challenging to to get a table anywhere decent to be honest um and you know uh our offices are, are near holborn and you know i've walked up soho or even to sort of a great titular street area and anywhere with really good outside dining mm. it's just packed. it's and it, you know it, it's um it's difficult to just walk in because they've they've got back-to-back booking so um to be honest there's some nice grabbing a takeaway beer and watching the vibe it has been has been really nice um mm-hmm. I've got quite a few friends in, in the restaurant trade as well. And, you know, it's still much lower capacity. Most aren't open. But those that have opened, there has been more buzz and more interest probably this time around than last year. Uh, maybe because people have realised how much they do love dining out and seeing mm. friends and, and so forth. Um, obviously, April has been the coldest April since 1922, but also <laughs> the driest uh, um, April uh, for 40 years or something. So in some ways good, in some ways bad. So um, I think mm. it's been a challenge. The week yesterday or Monday, when is it? Well, when is it? Monday was just horrendous. Like, and there was very famous photos now of people sat in mm. umbrellas. With their and, umbrellas up. Yeah, 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 with their so, thumbs up between the umbrellas. I've been, I've been out, I've been <laughs> out quite, quite a bit. But no, I, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm looking forward to indoor dining. Um, um starting so it might be easier to get uh uh sorry but it's my colleague who so, but it's because is... you're an influencer you see he's an influencer that's no, what he, it is that's somebody is. that's somebody from ultra you know ultrasound or something he's actually or from he's, he's texting hawaiian me. tropic can you spray he's, someone he's in hawaii actually they are uh, they are he's, see? he's in hawaii um yeah. he's one of our really good partners uh a guy called mitch who's got a very cool a cool business uh and we look after students here but um but yeah he's he's obviously uh, not asleep. <laughs> I, I thought I turned all notifications off, but yeah, as an influencer, sometimes you just can't stop. Really. I know yeah, it's exhausting. It. People I think, think it's I just imagine. standing around holding bottles of Hawaiian Tropic, but it's so much more. Uh, oh, those would be the days. Um, <laughs> Steve, you mentioned um, people realizing, sort of, uh, you know, you, let's let's refer to the stereophonics and that uh, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, or yeah. something like that. Um, let let's talk about that a bit more because there are two there are multiple parts here we um we have recognized haven't we how much we love this industry um namely because we've had it ripped away from us um so i want to talk a little i'd like to talk a little bit about that um i also think it's worth exploring the opportunity that we have gifted to us i we keep referring to this or i keep banging on about this being like the mother of all detoxes so how do we 
as we reconstruct, reemerge, reimagine, do all the reing, how do we do it better? How do we not just go, oh, we we know how that works like this. I I talk a lot with my hands, which means nothing on a podcast, but it's really helping me. <laughs> how it means a bit like we... windy swishing noises when you do it. Do that. <laughs> how do we how do we focus on making changing it and making it better, which is uh, you know ch- more challenging less 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 simple um and not just revert to type yeah i mean i think discussed. we discussed it uh pre pre the recording part was obviously people traveling with purpose but uh, and i'm not going to say eating with purpose because i do that <laughs> regularly um but i think you know there's great benefits to work from home uh there's great sustainability benefits from traveling less so i think people will travel less but travel longer i think even if it's a business trip you'll try and Rather than going a day trip to Paris, you may go for three days um, and and have three days worth of meetings and then come back in three months rather than doing one meeting for a day every week or every other week. And I, I think that that's a trend. But I think the experience part, which was always something that was really important to hospitality, I think was lost a bit. And I think a lot of people traveled for the sake of traveling, mm. um, whether it's for work or for pleasure, ticking a box, as you mentioned before. Um, and I think this past lockdown has been very tough for people in many, many ways. I think we saw a, a little bit of glimmer of light, you know, last July, 4th of July, when it all opened up and it was soon taken away. People forget mm. Manchester was pretty much put straight back into lock in some sort of restriction within a week. Um, I've got cousins in Bolton. They never really got out of a restriction. Um, mm. So this winter for me personally, it's just been, it's just been so tough because it, it's done. And so that repetitive nature of going in a circle and feeling like it's groundhog day. It's like, oh, I'm up. Oh, it's dark. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, there's just nothing to do that. I think generally in society, we've realized how great it is to meet friends in person, go to the pub and talk nonsense, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it even sometimes just trying to innovate, over a business lunch and have a bouncy ideas, it, you can't, it's so restrictive and unspontaneous. Uh, there's no spontaneity with mm. Zoom calls and, and everything else. It's so pre-planned that I think people have realized that. And I think the hospitality sector has to make sure that they deliver experiences, whether it's budget or luxury, whether it's on a plane or in a restaurant, that we have to let people dream and have a great time. And, and I mm. think we're all craving that. And, um, I think there's big brands and independents and that's in restaurants and hotels that need to focus on that experience part of what they offer rather than putting flags in the ground and saying that the biggest and the best, because Mm. that's not necessarily what people want. They want the true experience. Have you booked any experience coming up or any international experience? I have. Confident. for my 40th, which was in December, which was Positive. a Nokia fair. Aren't, aren't you, aren't we birthday twins or something? Yeah, 11th yeah. of December, two weeks before Jesus. Easy exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so Ooh. I was brought by my school friends a nomadic dinner uh, in a forest. So that's fun. Uh, doing that at the early June. But I've had to rebook it because I got double booked because I'm best man at someone's wedding who've rebooked for the first day that we were going to do it. <laughs> I'm going down to Hampshire for a couple of days. I haven't really had a holiday day for 18 months or so. So that will be really nice. And I'm taking mm. one day off. Ooh. <laughs> um, and hopefully at the end of June, going to see my uh, 
uh, in-laws in Sweden. Uh, I've Ooh. not spent midsummer in Stockholm before, and oh, uh, fun! Really would love mm. to do that. So, um, so yeah, I have booked and, and actually some other things throughout the year. Um, but yeah, I, I've uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, and isn't isn't that another element of travel? The anticipation of the experience. So the actual doing it, the executing of the joyfulness <laughs> is brilliant. Um, but there's something to be had in the looking forward to it. Oh, I, I, I and I'm I, my wife just lets me get on with it, which is which is lucky. I just I, I dream so much of travel. I was quite lucky when I was younger, I backpacked quite extensively and mm. That dreamer stage, it was more exciting than even when I went into running around Europe where we had a, a book with all the train times on mm. and you flick a coin at the cafe in the station to see which place you were <laughs> oh, going to. Oh, so young, so spontaneous. <laughs> oh, you know, my God, the idea of not planning everything in just a thousand flow charts. Yeah, no, no, and, and to be honest, my wife and I have done a bit of it and we stay not in the hostels but in the hotels, but that summer just turning up someone going, oh, okay, someone new and not. Mm. One of my favourite um, travel journalists and sort of, he was a big inspiration to me, was Anthony Bourdain. And oh, yeah. through lockdown, I re-watched a lot of his, all of his uh, back catalogue was put onto Netflix. And mm. God, it just makes you want to, to travel yeah. and dream and sit and have noodles in a on a really uncomfortable seat somewhere it's way too spicy. Exactly. But no, no matter how what terrible things it does to you half an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a he's a great loss, an example to us all. Um, But no, I I think that dreaming stage, and he did it particularly well. Yeah, it wasn't always the good things. You know, he he talked politics. He talked a lot of things that weren't necessarily out of you know the Sunday Times travel section. It wasn't always a glossy photo. Um, And I think that cultural side of exploring Mm. also something that people miss. I think we've all watched probably more documentaries than we've ever watched before. And actually, I'm quite interested in, in. and sort of uh, going to certain cities just to see some of the his- more historical parts rather than mm. just being in a hotel or a restaurant. So, yeah, I think I think that dreamer stage is really important. And I think now for hotels, even if they're not open yet and may not open properly till October, that mm. dreamer stage starts now because, as you said, people love that that the whole process of it. And I think mm-hmm. the advantage of the internet was allowed allowed people to do that in advance. Although um, I wonder, as and you'll be able to answer this as an influencer, um, <laughs> whether something that um, something that that uh, uh, an, an older friend of mine who was told off by his wife for being unimaginative, he sort of travelled around a lot in the seventies and lived in Casablanca, um, and then was was told off uh, summarily by her and was forced to go on a trip to recapture his youth without pre-booking or checking things on the internet. She was very rigorous about this. She said, you cannot, I cannot have you just having everything planned out in advance. And then you get to the stage where you can look on Google Maps and you can see your hotel in Istanbul and you know the news agent that's next to it and all this kind of thing. And I wonder whether that hadn't gone too far and whether we need to be looking more at the Anthony Bourdain end of things um, that you just sort of turn up. And obviously, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't have somewhere to sleep. You should always have somewhere to sleep. (laughs) but you don't need to you know there's planning and then there's this kind of this weird trend which we were seeing which was just that you know everything already before you get there and it's just a matter of you know it's like it's like looking for houses on right move isn't it you know everything about where you're going you're basically just turning up to make sure it's not an indian burial ground when you get there and then good that looks the same and I, i wonder whether there isn't room to move 
not away from influencers, that would be awful, but to, to, you know, to move into a slightly more unusual and yeah. unexpected. And I, I think people are craving that, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I did it, uh, I think you can use technology to explore, if, mm. if that makes sense. And I, I and my wife and I went a few, uh, about three years ago to New York in the summer, again, not necessarily recommend it. It's so hot. But I was going to say, were you looking to have much larger hair? Or... Yeah. No, warm. Oh, I, 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 I normally been in spring or autumn. I've got family who live there, and I've just never, mm. never been. In this, it was so hot. But I had Google Maps, and, and we were like, "Oh, what, what should we do?" And we were we were like Japanese restaurant, and, and we just searched mm. and looked around, and almost like having the Lonely Planet guidebook, yeah. uh, but slightly more up to date because I remember turning up in Vietnam in 2003 backpacking and um we were looking for a, a, an irish pub because we went to a a restaurant that had it was almost like a zoo in the restaurant and then mm-hmm. we opened the menu and it was everything that was live you could eat no yeah. delicious. I was like, delicious okay maybe we'll just go and have a we'll, we'll see if we can find an irish pub and everywhere we go so we turned up to this <laughs> irish pub that was in the lonely planet and it was actually no longer an irish pub but yeah. somewhere where you can rent a room for an hour. So I was like, okay, yeah. we just take local <laughs> recommendations instead. Successful next. evening then. Yeah. Mouth watering. So, so no, I, I know I agree. And I, 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 I like, to be honest, I, I try to not plan as much as possible and explore. Mm. And actually, if, if you're in a hotel, really ask people like, what, where would you go to eat? Or what would you do? Not where you'd recommend a tourist. Like, where would you actually go after work? Mm. But I and I, and I would hope the tourism industry changes to allow more exploration rather than this sort of very narrow it's a bit clinical world. yeah exactly and isn't this the experience bit yeah. isn't the experience bit that walking out of the hotel going don't really know what I'm going to have for tea tonight but we'll find somewhere be fine like we'll mm. be fine but yeah. we just yeah and as you said about reliant. Bristol like that you've rediscovered Bristol I think yeah. it's, it's a bit like with me I you know i walking to work quite a bit, I'll take the train home, but running to work. And I've taken loads of different routes now. And, and you know, um, on Sunday, uh, my wife and I went for a walk uh, through sort of Fincher Road and Hampstead and everything else. And we found a hospitality school. I've lived in the area uh, most of my life. Is, is that one that's near, there's like a YMCA next to it? I'm not, to be honest, I was so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> In awe. That, no, that no, happened to us like, when we were, in, where we were in, in lockdown in Hampstead. It was like, oh, a hospitality school. And occasionally there would be like the ghost of someone. There was like a big, you could see into the kitchen, yeah, yeah, floor, yeah, yeah. which was like one floor up. Yeah. Where, yes. Yeah, exactly. And look, oh, and you'd occasionally see someone sort of go past and you think, are they still hospitality in there? <laughs> God. And they were. Well, I, well, I also did Miss that. Miss Havisham style. I did, the <laughs> Hampstead, I did the Hampstead walking tour, uh, a guided walking tour last summer. Mm. And that was fascinating. You know, why is there sand on Hampstead Heath? Because of the glaciers. That's how Hampstead Heath was created. No idea. And if you look at the soil in Hampstead Heath, there's got a lot of sand in it. And mm. that's why it was never used for farmland, which is why it was always protected. And again, it was oh, rediscovering your local facts. That's really interesting, you know. And, that um, is interesting. Um, I, think, I think that love of learning as well, people have had as well. And I think that's important. And local mm. learning too, yeah. right? Because that's all we've had. Um, I just want to ask you, I want thoughts, please, on um, so the sort of what we've been talking about so far. We've mentioned uh, we've mentioned travel, we've mentioned bars and restaurants. Where do, and I think it was probably the first podcast we ever talked about this, where do hotels fit into hospitality? Because I think <laughs> people have people have got the whole 
oh, I can't go for a glass of wine, can't go for a pint, can't go for a meal. I and and then and the focus and there's a sort of emotional connection there, isn't there? That's that's something we do, and it's community and all those sort of you can you can wrap it up in that box. But where do hotels fit into that? Are they are they kind of the 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 cousin out on a limb that everyone's sort of forgotten about and gets the shit birthday presents? Like, how do they fit into this ecosystem? Um, Catherine and I talked about this uh, a few months ago. I think it's quite. T- I think the publicity around hospitality as a sector has been wonderful in the UK because I think it's the first time we're on BBC News on a daily basis. But it has been focused around restaurants and pubs uh, and very little about hotels. I think a lot of hotel brands have become quite functional and therefore mm. don't have that emotional connection that your local pub will have. Even though the local pub may be part of a chain, it doesn't feel like it. Mm. And I think a lot of hotels feel like they're part of a chain. And when they're part of a chain, people assume they've got enough money to not worry about a COVID-related um, uh, virus <laughs> uh, or global pandemic. However, everyone's been hurt by this, the bigger mm. and the small. So I think because of that, rhetoric that started early and i'm glad it happened i just wish hotels were included in that conversation earlier on yeah i think it's become tough and i think in cities as opposed to rural areas there's a bit of a a a difference where you know on the coast and even countryside that local hotel may have an outside eating area and may do stuff for the community in a big city Hmm. most people who live in the city won't ever either stay at the hotel or, or yeah connect. there's no there's no community connection no and we, we, yeah, sorry no no um and we saw Ackle try it a few years ago didn't we um and then 25 hours obviously which is part of that stable tried it again um with this whole you know we're gonna bring you i think 25 hours we're gonna bring you bread in the morning uh, on, a, on a and it's a great idea on a saturday morning somebody brings you a hot croissant fantastic um revenue wise it's a horrible loss leader completely impractical can't be done um so they need to find these ways to interact with the community and i mean around here the hotels are boarded up actually boarded up because they're not open and that's you know it looks bad on the street and it reminds you about their place in the community which is obviously if you can't stay in it there is there is none Hmm. and so and why would you think of this they're very well supported in in this country and they'll come out of it fine but but yes, when you don't have that role, and as you said, you know, when I was growing up in a rural area, you went to the local hotel if there was, a, you know, you had to have a special meal because that's yeah. where you went. That was the only hospitality provider. That's not the case everywhere else. And so in this, they get left. But again, you know, when you people stay in a hotel, the hotels, particularly the chains, tend to forget that you're staying in the hotel because you have often no alternative. If you go to Stockholm, you go somewhere else and you have friends and family there, Chances are you're going to be staying with them, whatever your travel purpose. And hotels, you know, particularly at the brand level, tend to believe that they are the mandatory thing that you have to do. And when you listen to their marketing and you listen to, you know, internal marketing, that's the belief that they have. People have to stay there. Therefore, this is what we're going to do. And I think that they need to, you know, I love the sector, but they need to work around to being, I say actually appealing, but to being that first stop thinking, you know, which hotel shall I stay in? Which you yeah. do if you're leisure, but you know if you're not staying with someone. But they, there's still an emotional connection there that needs to be dragged out, which I think that this particular pandemic has not necessarily um, helped with as much as I would have liked. 
And I, but to be to be honest, because I'm a bit of a hotel geek like, like you guys, is that I, I actually love staying in hotels. So even when we go to some, we will we'll find a new hotel and stay a couple of days. And Sweden's quite amazing with interior design and everything else as well. Mm. So it this is, is why this is why you're an influencer. But. <laughs> The but, 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 and you will be Instagramming the shit out of that. Yeah, exactly. no, like, but, what, but the right. sector is the sector is tiny. You know, there's like yeah. 500 of us. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't all be staying in hotels all the time. I think the love that you know people like ourselves have in the hotels is how hotels can then translate that to a wider community. And I think mm. you know, I do think there'll be a trend where you'll get more sort of. Uh, hotel stays with you know people working from home and then meeting up at a hotel and maybe it's either in the lobby mm-hmm. or overnight stay and everything else but I think there's there's a lot of work to be done I actually went to Paris uh two and a half years ago for my wife uh and, and my uh it wasn't an anniversary but we always do a trip in January February well, I did in January doing dry January going to France in dry January is not, not a great it's idea. Not a good idea but it was when they were doing a lot of the protests. So our hotel was also like boarded up, but it wasn't anything to do with <laughs> COVID. It was just, so it was really like, I was like, wow, this feels very unappealing. And I, it, <laughs> but if you, if you think about that, that's, that's obviously what it looks like now, even for a local walking around, it's like, mm. oh, here they haven't necessarily boarded a lot of the hotels up. But when you look in, particularly some of these wonderful historical hotels that mm. 100 years ago, when they were built, were the center of the community in mm, the area yeah. you know all the great and the good used to go and congregate there it's sad to see and and i just hope that they remember that heritage and try and get that sort of um joy back so people really want to hang out in the hotels mm. bring back the joy absolutely um we are flying through this because it's brilliant um i just before we get to the questions that we ask everyone um can we just talk a little bit so we've talked about sort of the physical image of hotels of being boarded up and all really sad um the so you work a lot with students and young people um and we've talked on a couple of other episodes about how and actually with conversations that we're having with clients um recently there's a staggering labor issue that is uh, bubbling and um not only with brexit um but also people have realized that it's that, that hospitality well, I'm, I'm saying it as them I think it's great but there's a realization that um they could go and earn more money in construction or um it's just not great waiting on people all the time and they haven't done it for 18 months and no thanks I don't really want to go back so there's just something brewing here that I'm really nervous about because people want this we realize we want it because it's been shut for 18 months and we're going to rock up to these places is there going to be anyone there to deliver a latte <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's brewing. I think it's been brewing for years. Um, and I think once Brexit, that, that vote happened, there was already a bit of an exodus. I think the Financial Times, I think it was November, said that 800,000 people have left London, which must be a million, because mm. before that, whatever, third lockdown or whatever. So I would say it's, you know, over a million people. And you can see that with rental prices, you know, in some yeah. areas of London have really, really dropped. And, and uh, it's... It's partly cultural, but it's not just the UK. It always used to be that the UK didn't promote hospitality and everything else, but I think it's across yeah, the, like and, the globe now, isn't it? It's, 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 it's yeah, tough. yeah, no, even Frogside, the south of France, is very worried that yeah. people just aren't coming back to hospitality. So Yeah, and I think, 
I mean, it's a tough one. I think here, you know, over the last five, six years and, and further, from where I studied hospitality at Salford, once um, hospitality became part of the business school, hospitality was discontinued. And that is happening mm. across even some of the most famous of the institutions from a higher education level. I've done a bit of mentoring work in colleges and, you know, the the level and the ambition in terms of what the teachers were teaching the students to really encourage them to go and be the best that they can be was was pretty poor. Mm. And then when it, you know, at school level, you know, potentially there's there's kids dreaming of being Jamie Oliver, an influencer. Uh, um, but I didn't see him on the list. I didn't see him. No, on the list. no. Not? There you go. His uh, time has gone. Yes. So, <laughs> but no, I think we almost need to to start earlier in, in terms of people doing. It. And I and I think you know, gen- basic economics will be demand and supply, and mm. demand is high and supply is low, then then prices will go up and therefore maybe salaries will increase because they have to. But how that works in the current climate is going to be challenging for the hospitality sector. So I think I think it's a tough one. I do think education needs to improve around hospitality and the fact that you don't just have to be a waiter. That, you know, if you mm. study AI, you could go into revenue management. If you study accountancy, Hotel finance is actually a really interesting part to work in, you know, as opposed to being a, a bookkeeper in an accountancy firm. So I don't think, I think the whole image of it has to change. And I, and I, and I think there's some great leaders across the sector who are really passionate about giving young people opportunities. And I think also there's a lot of people who've had opportunities that wouldn't have necessarily got opportunities in other sectors. So I think there's, there's a lot can be done, but I think it just needs to be highlighted more and maybe this has shown people that there's, you know, there's a lot of less famous chefs and people in hospitality now who've got a voice who mm. may not have come up through college and just started working as a pot washer and have, have got a great career. And that's unusual for, the, for, for a lot of sectors. And, and you don't have to be um, an Oxford student graduate to, to be successful uh, and, and the hospitality sector is 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 a sector that is allows almost anyone to be successful if you work hard enough and uh, are good with people yeah absolutely we love it we do we do yes well we say keith barr is the classic example isn't he and i'm not saying that he couldn't have gone to oxford (laughs) because because clearly with that skincare regime he's got some kind of genius but uh but you know worked up from the floor and is now ceo so not too bad exactly nope Good skin, hard work, anything is possible. <laughs> exactly. Well, Steve, he never can, age. I... <laughs> can we um, round this off by asking you the questions that we ask all our guests? Sure. Please? Okay. So I need, I may need to change this. You tell me if you've had the jabs. Because um, the, the first question is, when the yeah. shutters are up and I've had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I'm going to do is. So I've had one jab. Ooh, did uh, you enjoy it? It was great. Euphoria. And because... Uh, I was feeling quite anxious at the beginning of this pandemic. I started oh, yeah. reading uh, the British Medical Journal and The Lancet every Saturday morning do. and predicted to a lot of friends that we'd have a vaccine by November. So I, I felt very euphoric about it. Uh, so I have had one jab uh, and obviously the shutters came up here on the 12th of April. So I immediately went and had a haircut uh, and then <laughs> managed to be on a wait list for my local pub and get a table. So I had some 
chicken wings in a pint. Uh, I brought my wife along, who was not so excited about the chicken wings in a pint, <laughs> but I had a gin and tonic, so she was okay. Um, but really, to be honest, once once travel reopens, I'm really excited about going to Sweden and seeing my um, my wife's grandma, who's who's 94 uh, and has been going to the hairdresser every week all the way through this. Uh, and, Solid. Uh, and, and so forth. So yeah, I, I think that that will that will be what what I do. Very good. The best thing about the hotel sector is, um, I definitely think it's the people and the diversity of people, uh, both who I've worked with uh, and uh, who I back in the day when I ran hotels, or even now with, with students who, who we work uh, as customers. I've, I've probably worked and served people from every continent and probably over 100 countries um, and I've got friends all over the world through that sector and uh, e- even through um, through COVID, uh, through Zoom, catching up with people from all around the world has been exciting. Sometimes slightly depressing when you see people are, have, have more freedom but uh, but yeah, I, I think um, I think that it's the people and, and that's what's really uh, I find amazing with it and, and su- such resilience in so many all about the people um the hotel sector would be significantly improved if we continue to work as one voice um i think the reason why farming and fishing uh have a better route into government is because they actually really as a whole work together in one voice through to government and even now as we talked about before restaurants and bars and hotels separately if we can work together i think in the uk We'd certainly have a better chance of getting more stuff done, um, and I think also us understanding that we're part of a tourism industry, and hotels are not this special sector. It's actually part of a bigger ecosystem. I think is really important. Last summer proved that if the restaurants and the museums and the galleries and the sports don't reopen, hotels are nothing. Mm. Um, and that you have to be part of a bigger thing, particularly in cities. Oh, I like that one. What the industry needs now is, I think, uh, I think the government support it will probably need to go a lot longer than the government currently think. Uh, and you know, we, we didn't touch on it before, but obviously around rents and stuff in the UK, it's going to be a, it's going to be, it's a time I'm waiting to happen. I, I, I don't know. I, I've seen a few things come through, but we'll just have to wait and see how that happens. And I think the continued recognition of the sector as being really important to the UK's economy. Mm. Um, it's never really been talked about from a governmental level and it's sort of happening. Um, so I think that's important. And I think pushing higher education and further education and college level teaching to to have hospitality on the agenda just so people know that it's a career path that you can take uh, is, really, is really important for what the industry needs now and and in the near future. Hear, hear. I'd like to think we've learnt from this. Um, how much we love experiences and that uh, where, whether it's your local pub or going abroad, that we actually do love travelling. Uh, and I think a lot of people will love travelling in a different way. And I think I, I do a lot of travel work, but I generally enjoy it. Uh, and I tend to, because I tend to go to longer haul, it's, it tends to be a bit longer, um, but I, I even miss occasionally having to sit in a ropey hotel sports bar, <laughs> watching the highlights with a tepid beer and mm. really bad chicken wings, and just catching up with people 
because you've got a bit of time away from the normal, you know, humdrum of, of, of life. Um, but, but also going to new places and just having that new meal or new dish that you've never tasted before and just go, wow, you know, uh, where did this come from? I must try and cook at this at home. So, yeah, I think that experience part is, is going to be is, is something that um, we've learnt generally as a society, not necessarily as an industry, is really important. And hopefully the industry steps up to the challenge to continue to deliver that and, and maybe enhance the experiences that we offer. Fabulous. I, that concludes today's lesson. If you are not inundated by invitations to endorse chicken wings after that, I, I will <laughs> take like my hat. I, I, I chicken wings eat. and warm lager. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be magnificent. Um, mm. Anything else from you, Catherine? No, I was thinking about chicken wings. Uh, <laughs> and we'll continue to do so it's like when you see an advert or when i see an advert for a Kit Kat, it's like the, there's an internal clock yeah. that starts ticking and you know I that know. within 72 hours i would have eaten the, i would have eaten the Kit Kat. so it's like the, the chicken wing clock has begun and now at some point in the next possibly 48 hours even chicken wings will have to be consumed and to keep us posted so i will do social just wondering where i'll be getting these chicken wings from of course is well, the other Oh, you wish you wish <laughs> chicken wings honestly it's a milk in first although yeah the the, the, the cornish have, have obviously fallen back again because we did have quite a lot of clotted cream in Marks yeah. and Spencer's but I don't know whether no one was buying it or everyone's buying it because it's not there now but there was some where the milk would be now there's some some individually uh it was little one deep cans of spray cream so well spray cream yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, like the square, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. okay. So, no. Well, we, we look forward to seeing what you can. <laughs> don't do that. We look forward to seeing what you can rustle up with those ingredients. Yeah, I, you just, that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations again on your on your fame <laughs> and power and glory. Um, <laughs> it was a joy to have your your podcasting ways for the last. 41 minutes thank you thank you thank you very much for inviting me so that concludes our thoughts for this week thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog washing the cat chopping the veg or however else you pass the time while podcasting please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via apple or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from spotify these things make a difference apparently Until next time.